0: the johnny o show is a presentation of drive on media
1: i'm rolling my eyes now i come around the corner he goes where were you i need you <laughs> and i said what are you doing and john sure as i'm standing here he traded a pint of vodka for an old elan snowmobile with a guy and he was trying to jam the snowmobile on the bottom of the bus <laughs>
0: episode 11 of the Johnny O Show and a big thank you to Ev Gray for being my guest on the last podcast episode I am continuing the series of on-air personalities who have worked at 790 CFAN and 99.3 the River in Miramichi New Brunswick a big thank you to Jason Berry of Barrytone Studios for the theme music to this podcast and thanks to Jamie Alexander of the Downriver Music Festival for the Johnny O Show logo Follow the podcast Facebook page at DriveOnMedia and share it with your friends. And of course, subscribe to the Johnny O Show. Just search for Drive On Media on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any major podcasting platform. You can also follow us on the website driveon.podbean.com. That's driveon.podbean.com. It's time to drive on with this week's episode of The Johnny O Show. This week's guest is responsible for me getting on the air eight years ago at 99 Through the River, today's best country. Here comes Patty Quinn on The Johnny O Show. It's episode 11 of the Johnny O Show, and we're continuing with the series of folks that have worked on the air at uh, 790 CFAN, or 99 Through the River, or both. And today, it's a great honor to uh, chat with an old friend, Patty Quinn. Hi, Patty. How are you today?
1: Great, John. Uh, thanks for having me. I, I think I want to take um, some credit for the Johnny O Show. I think I may have <laughs> christened you that once upon a time. Am I right in saying that?
0: Well, you know, it's funny. I when I when I went back and I took a stock of the people that actually called me Johnny O, and I was like, my God, I did it just went right over my head. I had no idea people were calling me Johnny O, but yes, you you were probably one of the first to uh, to yeah. come up with that.
1: That was always my pet name for you, just
0: so you know. (laughs) Oh, there you go. And I do want to make mention of uh, the the fact that you're the co-host of uh, the Run podcast with uh, Jerry Green. And uh, that's going on into your, uh, I guess, your second season. Is that safe to say?
1: Yeah, that's a fair uh, assessment, John. It started out uh, ever so innocently, and now it's kind of morphed into something uh, that uh, we didn't quite see coming. It was more... Much like this, a passion project, and all of a sudden uh, it finds the right ears, and now I have people uh, messaging me or cornering me in the grocery store, about oh, "When's the next episode?" So yeah. you never know what you when you throw it out there, you never know where it's going to land, and uh, you're familiar with that phenomenon, of
0: course. Oh, absolutely, and and you know, you're you're talking to a guy here who is really lacking on the sports side of things, but I I do enjoy the banter between you and Jerry, and uh, just the stories, the reminiscing. Even, you know, the, the stuff that's not sports related, it's the the relationship that you guys have, the things that you can bounce back and forth, and, uh, you know, it's it's really enjoyable to listen to.
1: Well, I appreciate hearing that. And uh, i tell you what, I would love to tell you that it's um, planned and we have an agenda and here's what we're doing tonight type of thing, but it's super organic. Uh, Jerry and I literally, John, I can use a term that you're familiar with, uh, we literally just roll the tape. Mm-hmm. and uh, come what may. Now, the the great... Um, I don't know if it's a regret. Um, no, it's not a regret. What's the word I'm looking for? The great uh, tragedy, if, I, if you will allow, um, is that Jerry and I never had a chance to work uh, together in uh, the radio business. Our paths uh, never crossed, but uh, we can dive into that later as well. But yeah. we do, and I appreciate you picking up on it, um, we do have a unique chemistry. I have a, a mind full of random facts that no one would ever care about but he does care about and we seem to bring up the the best in each
0: other yeah no it's it's great check it out it's called the run and it's on uh, all major uh, podcasting platforms and uh, so i guess it's safe to say with uh with the municipal election and uh, a busy summer uh that uh, the podcast is on a bit of a hiatus and uh, probably coming back in the fall
1: yeah, I think, the, uh, I think the Canada Day long weekend was the last time we managed to get together and do it. I'll, uh, I'll shoulder that one. It's uh, certainly not Jerry's problem. It's 100% my problem. My uh, life, as you had referenced, is a little bit on hyperspeed right now. Um, COVID wasn't kind to it, John, because at yeah. one point in time, unlike yourself and I right now, we're in two separate places. Yeah. Jerry and I hadn't conquered the technology to, to facilitate that. But uh, knock on wood, we do have that uh, conquered now. Uh, I should give a little quick plug here to Victor and his crew uh, down at Eastside Creative Center. They've been kind with both their um, office and uh, their technology. So, uh, yeah, we'll get back at it uh, soon enough and hopefully get into a, a routine.
0: Yeah, that, looking forward to it. Uh, you are you will be, uh, I guess, working on episode number 31. So we'll look mm-hmm. forward to that. Patty, let's uh, let's go back, uh, of course, uh, born and raised here in the Miramichi, and, um, uh, just talk a bit about, uh, you know, your, your growing up, your, your passions, uh, obviously sports, a, a passion, uh, you know, just talk a bit about that.
1: Yeah, great. Um, yes, uh, sports, of course, spent a lot of time at, uh, Willie Jardine Memorial Field, Ironman Field, the LBA, uh, if there was a game either being played or something you could watch, uh, I was there. Um, You know, played in a lot of back lots, a lot of streets. Um, Sports just kind of, it was the thing to do, John. It kept you out of trouble. Uh, There was no uh, great technologies of the day that you could while away a day. Uh, I remember uh, when the Nintendo first came out, you are like, oh, my, this is something else. (laughs) Um, So I'm kind of dating myself there. But, uh, yeah, look, the other thing, too, John, that um, I was always, uh, what's the word? I was always on the go, if you will. I always wanted to be downtown, see what was going on um i am uh, i was probably in the top 10 worst students that ever went through school not that i couldn't handle the work i just didn't really put a lot of time and effort into it my mother and father would roll their eyes as they <laughs> hear me say that but i just knew early that uh, downtown and on the streets was where it mattered to me and where i wanted to be and um you know i got through school knock on wood uh, had a few favors called in there along the way i could uh, reference a few teachers who uh, nudged me through mm-hmm. um but uh, I was more—I was always more concerned about what was going on downtown and the the action and meeting people and talking to people. That was where my forte was.
0: So easy to say that you know because you're talking with people in amongst the people the 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 gift of gab if we call it that uh, came
2: naturally.
1: I would think so. I would think every teacher. If I could haul out uh, my mother's collection of my uh, report cards, every teacher you know they'd say good student talks too much. I heard that a lot. Um, <laughs> Parent teacher night it was never a real pleasurable experience for my parents. God love them, um, but uh, you know what? Uh, the joke, I guess, is on the teachers because I ended up uh, carving out a decent little career at it and had uh, tons of fun over the years. And uh, kind of, I was an accidental tourist, on in this radio business. And we'll we'll get to that as we progress through this.
0: Sure, and it's it, uh, and that's kind of where I'm leading to next because yeah. the I, I I'm I'm guessing that it's safe to say that radio probably wasn't on your radar?
1: Not even close. Um, um, unlike yourself, John, we've had this conversation um, many times. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you were a student of the the, the medium, mm-hmm. um, and I, and I, I, I kind of came into it quite accidentally and became a student of the same medium that you were passionate about mm-hmm. uh, later in life, but I, I did end up being every bit as passionate, if you will, but Look, I uh I graduated high school <clears throat> excuse me in uh June of nineteen ninety four. Actually I, I like to say I was uh escorted out rather than graduated, <laughs> but uh, I do have a diploma to say I was there. Um, <laughs> um so here, here here's the story. Here's exactly how it happened, John. Uh give or take, it's okay. been two years now, but um so 1994, we're in the uh, spring of 94, you know, in that last little push, April, May, junior graduating prom and all that stuff. And, um, you know, it's that time of year where those that were heading into the trades were applying to the NBCCs of the world or the trade yeah. schools. Those that were heading to university were, you know, blanketing every university, hoping someone would say yes and come on way over. And, you know, there were those that were going to join the workforce, of course, that were content to do that. And I respect that as well. And I had no plan, zero plan, honest to goodness. My goal was to get out of Jameson and Hill and James, uh, in June of 94 and then deal with uh, what life would throw at me in September of 94 after that uh, graduation summer. So chance encounter on the second floor of Jameson Hill, uh, Mr. Cameron, Lloyd Cameron, may he rest in peace. He was a tremendous educator and, uh, you know, as, as you grow older and uh, move on, turned out to be a great friend. I miss him dearly. Um, corner me one day and said, what are you doing in the fall? And I said, Lloyd, uh, and again, I did call him Lloyd. One of the few teachers that would allow you to call him by his first name in those days.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, I said, if it's all the same to you, I'm just focused on trying to get out of here in June and I'll worry about September when September rolls around. And he pointed blankly, uh, matter of factly looked at me and said, that's not good enough for me. And it shouldn't be good enough for you. And he handed me a brochure to NBCC Woodstock and said, here, apply for this course. Hmm. And I said, all right. So I go home, John, it's, you know, 1994 technology. There's no dot coms or anything like that. It's just a pamphlet. It said, uh, communications, uh, communications arts, I believe was the actual term. And there was a divide there between journalism and, uh, both radio journalism and both uh, print journalism and radio broadcasting. It was kind of a, the blanket name for the, the three, uh, courses, if that should be right. the term. And, uh, I applied. And uh, so the story goes, John, it was in fairly short order after applying. I got to think about this for a second. Yeah. I got the the confirmation back that there would be an audition. Yes. Which 1994, Patty, pardon my mouth, scared the hell out of me. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, Because contrary to what... You would think of me now, I wasn't as outgoing, maybe a tad backwards, you know, mm-hmm. when you're 18, uh, you know, kids right now, uh, I would make the case are, uh, I mean, no disrespect to our generation, it just is what it is, they're further along than we were, they're a little bit more worldly when we were at that time, the world was, seemed a lot bigger back in those days. Sure. <clears throat> um, so I got word that there was to be an audition, I was like, oh gosh, what am I going to do here now? So back upstairs I go, and I said, Lloyd, you got to help me out here, I'm in a bit of a jam. <laughs> And he said, What's going on? And I said, Well, I made her through phase one, um and then there's an audition. So and I remember John, it was on blue paper and it was probably as thick as in your mind's eye, your average phone book back in nineteen ninety four, so it was that thick. Yeah. And it was stories, news stories and okay. radio commercials and um it was narration pieces and i'm like oh my god what am i doing here now what did you get me into here lloyd (laughs) so to his credit john and uh look i i I thank him from the bottom of my heart for it and there are a lot of educators that do this kind of stuff um nowadays uh there were in those days but uh you know not uh, with all fairness it wasn't no, it wasn't something that was often done but lloyd cameron uh, i called him the drill sergeant during this uh, period every night john and it wasn't at four o'clock it was go home have a bite to eat and come on back to the school lloyd had obviously the keys of the kingdom up there at james m hill mm-hmm. and if you can picture and for those that are listening in that are familiar with the theater uh, and for those that are not i'll paint a quick picture james m hill theater beautiful room john yes. you know that it's probably about 560 seats yep and lloyd wired up a microphone gave me a table turned the stage lights on and went and sat in the very back row of that theater and i'll tell you what even nowadays but everything again everything seemed bigger when you were younger yeah it it was like we were at you know the montreal forum i just looked out at all these empty seats and lloyd's way up and he goes go and i start <laughs> reading it and he goes not good enough and i'd start over And he said you can do better and i'd start over again and John, uh, to his credit, again, we spent a couple of real hard nights together. Yeah. Well, hard for me. It was, you know, he's barking orders at me, trying to get the best out of me. Uh, and anyways, fast forward, John, uh, no confirmation from NBCC Woodstock other than there would be a date at some point in that summer. And I'm trying to think. It was it was a lot later than you would like to, knowing what I know about having a young, young lad who's in university. And it was really tight. Yeah, If you know what I mean, like the, the decision, whether you were in or out was happening. And then you were back in school in two weeks time. Wow. So I fast forward, mother and father, after Lloyd uh, pounds the scripts into my head, <clears throat> um, takes me over and at NBCC Woodstock, you're in the NBCC uh, uh, business. Now you ever been over to NBCC Woodstock, John? Well,
0: I, 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 you go ahead. Cause I do have an NBCC Woodstock story okay. to tell you.
1: Very good. So I get to this uh, NBCC Woodstock. Um, remember going in at ground level, um, right off the right off the main drag there, if if that should be the term. I'm trying to think of the name of the street. I think it was Broadway is what it's on. Imagine that. There's a Broadway in Woodstock. <laughs> um, um, so I go in, and she said, I, I, the blue paper obviously was the tip of the hand for the uh, lady at the front desk. She said, you must be here for your audition. I said, yes. And she sends me up the elevator, and off I go. And, John, I walk into this room. And, oh, in my mind's eye, I'm going to say there's 50 to 60 people there, give wow. or take, I think. Really? Right. And I don't know how the community college system works nowadays, uh, nor is it any of my business, but I can tell you what I do know. In 1994, they were allowing 12 students in uh, of the, of these assembled masses that were there that particular day. Wow. So we're there, it's really awkward, no one's. No one really knows each other, and strangely, I ended up in class with two people from Miramichi, I'll get to that in a minute, but I didn't know them at that point in time, again, with three different high schools here, and I'll explain that in a second, the sure. world was a lot bigger than students graduating now, uh, know every kid in town, because they've never been more connected at any point in humanity than we are right now, sure. but as it turns out, there was two guys from here uh, in the room, but I didn't know that at the time, so... They needed a canary in a coal mine, if you'll allow that term. I remember the gentleman that came in was a second-year student saying, someone's got to go first. Who's it going to be? And my arm shot up because um, in my brain, I went in there with, I don't know if it was confidence mm-hmm. uh, or, or what, um, but Lloyd her pounded into me, John, that I thought I was going to take on the world. Like Lloyd yeah. had me prepared. Gave me the pat on my back on the way out of town. And said, "You got this. Just go do the best you can, and come what may. Roll the dice if you will." And I thought, as soon as my arm went up, it was one of those moments like, "What the hell am I doing here? Why did I just do that?" And the <laughs> next thing you know, you're in the studio. So yeah. here I am in the studio. Had never seen a studio before, and I'm in uh, like what you would call the news uh, room, if you will. Mm-hmm. There is someone in master control, but as I recall, John, and maybe I have this wrong, but my recollection is, is that it was uh, it was papered off. Now, for folks who've never been inside a radio station, usually, well, nowadays you're in the same room. Back in those days, you were in separate rooms, but you yeah. could see each other. Right. So all I have is, you know, they tell me to put my headphones on, and then now all of a sudden someone's in my ears going, okay, uh, you know, state your name and your full name and address and blah, blah, blah. Say a few words about yourself, they get you into the comfort zone and then they said on three go, three, two, one, bang, and look at John. I don't remember it. I would probably cringe hearing it right now, but I thought I did good that day. I walked out of there going, Yeah, I had that uh I did well there, I think. Uh mm-hmm. again, no credit to myself, uh full credit to Lloyd. Yeah. Um and a few weeks later, don't they call and say you made her and Wow.
0: Yeah you know what uh, i i didn't realize the amount of time that lloyd spent with you wasn't that oh, great was that what yeah. just a you know good on him to see that potential yeah. in you well a, and to help shape you know you know to make sure that you had a good shot at it
1: well okay so let's let's uh, let's do a deeper dive on that so a couple of things are going on there john, uh, john. um First of all, I agree with you 100%. Lloyd saw something in me before I saw it. Yeah. Secondly, he 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 uh, you know, um, you know, um, gave me the uh gave me the goods to get me to where I ended up going. Um, but the thing I appreciate more as an adult than I did at the time, and not to say I didn't appreciate it, but you appreciate things as time goes on. I'm sure you have a few moments in those lives. Yeah. You never tend to notice the significant moments until they're past. Yes. Um, what I appreciated, and you you just touched on it, and what I appreciate now is the fact that here is a guy that could have been anywhere in any one of those given nights, yeah, but he chose to be at James and Hill Theater with me, and I'm getting a little teary eyed here now.
2: Yeah.
1: um, you know, I appreciated it at the moment, but I appreciate that more now because just the fact that you know, and again, i I kind of half jokingly, John, uh, like I wasn't the greatest student. I, I say that half jokingly, I, I was an okay student, but the point being is that I think that over and above Lloyd seeing a little something in me that I didn't ha- hadn't yet seen was also that he knew that, you know, you and me and Stu and the St. Mary's and the St. Mm-hmm. of X's of the world were likely not in my yeah. wheelhouse because I wasn't interested in any of that stuff. Yeah. I uh, did never foresee myself as a teacher or a lawyer or a doctor for sure. Mm-hmm. Um but just the fact that, look, the greatest gift he gave to me was that of his time, if that makes any sense.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Because it's it's something that probably a lot of the folks that, you know, let, let's just face it, that you're up against for one of those 12 seats, they didn't have that opportunity. Right. Yeah.
1: hundred percent. Yeah. Um, and I don't, and look, and I, I'll call a spade a spade here, John, I don't. I don't think I get in without Lloyd Cameron. It's as simple as that. I don't yeah. think I would have prepared myself the same way that Lloyd had me prepared.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: I think I would have read that once or twice. Classic slacker me would have said, yeah, I got this beat, and then went in and would have blown up in there.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: But he, I was in and out before some of the students had even arrived. Like I, I Again, I don't know why, other than false confidence perhaps, but I don't know why still to this day I shot my arm up other than I thought I was ready for it, and knock on wood, I guess it turns out I was.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's uh, if you don't mind, I'll, I'll throw in my quick uh, sure. NBCC Woodstock story. Uh, I want to say 2000. I think it was pre 9/11, so I want to say about 2000. Yeah. I applied. It. It was. They changed the course, and they changed it to a one-year program. Mm-hmm. And I applied. I auditioned. And I get in mm-hmm. and 30 year old John, uh, married and married for about five years or so. Um, mm-hmm. uh, wasn't ready to, to, uh, pick up and move over. Sure. And I, and I just, so yeah, I went through the process myself, but I didn't follow through. Uh, so, mm-hmm.
1: Let, let, let me ask this um and we're just talking here um i mean you ended up where you ended up but and life will get in the way i certainly respect and appreciate that but if you could have a do over there would you uproot uh, yourself and tammy and have done it or you're content with the way it all washed out
0: no i'm i'm extremely content yeah uh because and and let's you and, and you know let's give you know uh the credit where it's due, uh, if 2000, trying to think now, uh, 2013, if you didn't go to Ann Woods and say, geez, we need some help here with remotes and stuff, uh, that wouldn't have been me being on the radio the way I am today.
1: Yeah, it's um, funny how uh, I remember that, John. I remember that very well, very fondly. Um you may have a different recollection of this. I don't know, John and re- please enlighten me and refresh me. Um, I remember the, the I remember the day and we were looking for someone. Mm-hmm. you're saying 2013
0: are you? I believe so yeah like we're, okay. we're probably talking maybe late late 2012, early 2013.
1: So uh, where I get a little lost in that and uh, I, I do remember throwing your name forth hundred percent. But I kind of, and maybe it was the Napa Agricultural Show, John. Um, I don't know how I knew that you were interested in it or where you and I crossed paths. And maybe you're about to enlighten me and, and pardon me for forgetting.
0: Well, I and it's I do believe it's um, through the advertising from the Napa Agricultural Show. You were uh, on, I think you were, it wasn't 99.3 The River yet. It was still 7.90. And yeah. you were doing the morning show. And I uh then so we're going way back here we're going way, and I think I'm gonna have to check I think I got the check. tape on this. I recorded it and mm-hmm. uh, so I called in with an update from the previous day's events.
1: oh uh, now it's coming back to me. I yeah. do remember this yes yes
0: because I and I remember distinctly uh telling you the story about the um, oh what do they call it the oh they, they chased the pig in the ring and uh
1: wild and woolly or
0: no it was it was it was um john mcdermott brought over a pig he kept it in the blue barrel (laughs) and he it was so warm in the barrel that it got sleepy (laughs) and i remember telling you on the air that you know the the pig just laid down and they pinned the ribbon (laughs) on the collar and I think I told you that the next, I said, they, they sliced the pig up, and then they were having it for breakfast the next morning. It was so useless. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Look, anyone, anyone listening to this is going, where do these two live right now? <laughs> yeah.
0: So that's, I think that's how we uh, we got connected. And, um, yeah, so the, this is back to the a.m. days, I think.
1: hmm Yeah. So. Yeah, so we're going back to the A and days, John. I think they went to FM. and refreshed me here. Would that be oh, 2000, 2001 ish?
0: Yeah, yeah, right around yeah. that time.
1: Yeah, I remember moving. The, I remember moving to the where you are now in the studio. I remember that very vividly. I have a horror yeah. story about that, but that'll wait for another day. Yeah, well, let's
0: we'll the- yeah, let's let's kind of reel back a little bit. So you went yeah. through the uh, you took the course, yeah. um, graduated. Now, what about, uh, of course, there's a work practicum and things like that, so uh, you would get some experience that way.
1: All right, so here we go. So, college radio station at the time was called uh, CHCR, and uh, the uh, broadcasting students and the journalism students were 100% responsible for operating that X amount of hours per week. It wasn't a 24-hour day operation. I think pretty much when the school was open, we were on the air and doing our thing, and it was broadcast. Uh, only within the walls uh, of the school, there was so no, no tran- transmitter.
3: Right,
1: right. No, no, no transmitter. There was no. There was no. Look at uh, for a certain generation here. There, there was a day when there was no dot coms and no streaming. So exactly. There was nothing. <laughs> there was nothing like that. So you pulled shifts. Now the interesting thing for me, and again, um. Always concerned about what was going on downtown. Well, there's, there's, there's two parts to this. I, I, a, I've already said that. I always wanted to be downtown where the action was. And, yeah. you know, downtown Woodstock, let's face it, was no Manhattan. Uh, uh, and it certainly wasn't in 1994. I'm pre-Tim Hortons. I'm pre-McDonald's. I remember they opened in Woodstock, for goodness
3: sake. <laughs> oh, <face. geez. laughs>
1: um, <laughs> I lived at a boarding house, and there were seven boarders there, plus the family that lived in the house as well. And that fluctuated between whether their their kids were in school or not. So we were anywhere from ten to twelve people in the house. So I spent a lot of time outside of the house because yeah. it was just chaos. And uh, I tell you what, I can remember Mrs. Fawcett, Marguerite Fawcett, when she rang the old dinner bell, John. With that many mouths of meat, if you were <laughs> two minutes late, you were in trouble. So, yeah. and judging by my current size, I was probably at the front of the line rather than the rear of the line. So. <laughs> had to get up off early to beat me to the dinner table. Oh, so I spent a lot of time downtown, got to meet some people, happenstance conversation with a gentleman. There was um, a farmer's market, John, in Woodstock. Again, I could talk all night here. You just jump in and tell me when to shut up. Um, the farmer's market in Woodstock on Friday mornings, Thursday nights, uh, was usually go downtown and unwind night, if you know what I'm saying. Wink, wink, nudge, yep. nudge. So Friday morning, I'd heal my hangover with... <laughs> uh, either a breakfast or there was always a sausage or a schnitzel to be had your typical market, your classic market. Yep. And there was a radio station from Holton there at the time, of course, Woodstock straddling the border. Yep. They were doing some, I guess as I've come to find out, probably didn't know at this point in my life, uh, a remote, um, you know, saying, come on over to the market, nine till noon, 10 to one, whatever it was, I don't know the times. And I wandered over and started talking to the guy and a gal, because back in those days, uh, when you would get a remote, you pretty much uh, took the studio with you. There was no such thing as an iPhone and yeah. or an app or anything. You took equipment. A remote it was horrifying. You needed <laughs> almost a generator sometimes. Yeah. Um, and I have horror stories of records melting in the sunlight and all that stuff. And oh, people geez. can't imagine that nowadays, but that happened. Um, so I got talking to this chap, uh, John, for lack of better. And I started doing, I started covering, you know, Woodstock Thunder High School hockey. There was a junior B hockey team there. I think they were called the Subway Slammers, uh, you know, some local basketball, mm-hmm. just some odds and ends. And I would, uh, you know, write up a report. Sometimes I just, um, I was going to say I was going to text it, but I certainly wasn't texting <laughs> in those days. I kind of forget how I got into them, John. I, there was no, e- well, there were the emails in 94, I suppose. Yeah, probably. Probably, so. yeah. Yeah, I was somehow, some way, I managed to get uh, the uh, the technology of the day to coordinate, and I would send them over stuff. And every now and again, uh, say there was a tournament or something bigger than a, you know just a one off game, um, I would join them on uh, I, uh, WHOU. I think it was called John. It was seven something
4: mm-hmm. in
1: the on the AM dial, and so that was kind of my first foray into a quote unquote real radio station. Okay. And then that, that parlayed into a little bit of work at a Q Q96 Presque Isle.
2: Okay, yeah.
1: Um, and then I ended up doing some weekend work at CJCJ CJ in Woodstock. Right. Um, I'm just trying to get my timeline here. And then, okay, so to where you took it to, uh, then it was practicum time. It was time to go stretch my wings. And I had applied to C-103. I believe it was Rock 103 in those days. I believe so. Yeah, now I believe it's Um, Q-103. CJMO, to say the very least. Mm -hmm. And uh, I had, uh, you know, sent an audio tape by way of bus or courier or however mail. And Mike Shannon was the gentleman's name at the time. took me over for... I think it was there for eight weeks, John, six weeks. I remember it was winter and I uh, was very lucky as I knock on wood here. I had a relation who was, uh, or not was, is a teacher in the, the Metro Mountain area. She mm-hmm. was a little, uh, well, obviously we're a lot younger then. She kind of offered me up uh, a place to lay in my head over in Riverview. Nice. And that parlayed itself into my first ever paying job.
2: Yeah.
1: As overnight and uh, for a certain generation yeah once <laughs> upon a time they were 24 hours a day and oh. i worked uh, the the midnight shift from midnight till probably john around five and then there was a change over there as the morning crew was uh, rolling in for work in that particular day
0: yeah that's <laughs> and that would be because i think uh c103 or rock 103 They started, I want to say, 86, 87, so...
4: 86, I think you're right.
0: So you you were kind of there during the first, uh, obviously, the first 10 years of their
2: operation.
1: Well, Right, and here's the thing, too, John, and and, and I can say this about us now, uh, to use a term, we we were, uh, you and I are both radio nerds, so Mm -hmm. in those days, like, I didn't... And I'll get to this in a second, too, uh, on another line, um, but... In those days, I didn't care about Halifax, or I didn't want to be in Toronto right. or Montreal. You know what I mean? I had no ambitions for that whatsoever. I didn't even know that was a possibility, truth be told. yeah. But, you know, when you're living in Chatham or Miramichi now, you know, to go to Moncton seemed like you were going to the other side of the world, and you were having a great day. So I thought, well, I want to go to Moncton because yeah. that's what you know, right? Moncton was the big city, quote-unquote. Exactly and to get real nerdy John they had the they had the biggest stick they had the most wattage and they were yeah. playing rock music and that just seemed like a place I wanted to hang my hat
2: absolutely yeah
0: absolutely yeah. um yeah cuz for for me you know uh growing up uh listening to uh radio in the 80s I always listened to their competitor uh, CFQM, which was the country station at that time, right? And right. so I was always listening to Moncton Radio.
1: Yeah, and again, John, if I may jump in there too, much like I said about C103 or Rock 103, um CFQM in the day. I mean, here you are growing up in Newcastle; um it was a big stick too. You could pick her up.
0: Yes, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Which
1: again, this is this is pre-streaming. This is pre-apps. So you had to. Some days are better than others, John, based <laughs> on weather conditions. Yeah. Whether it was coming in. Yep. Uh, I, I tell you what, uh, what really took me to the next level along that. Uh, so now, now John, I realize, okay, this may be something I can do here for a living or a career. Right. So now I'm starting to, uh, again, now, again, Lloyd had seen something before I do. So now I'm realizing, holy cow, I might have a shot at this. Um, and the other thing, too, John, obviously you wanted a job when you graduated from NBCC Woodstock, and I'll explain that little scenario in a second. You'll appreciate it as uh, an educator at NBCC Mayor Machine. Now, um, but now I'm starting to get into the radio right now. Yeah. I'm, and, and again, I, and I think straddling the border had a lot to do with this, too. I'll tell you a really fascinating story. and I suspect it's probably still a thing, although probably likely from a different medium. But I lived, uh, John, oh, by way of crow probably a 15 minute walk from the college 10 minutes maybe i don't know not far yeah but when i first get to NBCC woodstock or excuse me the the town of woodstock um you know you're going up and down broadway or main street whatever it was called keep wanting to say broadway for some reason um i'm sure i'm sure mbcc woodstock is on broadway but anyways um again different times john yeah i would see a lot of older gentlemen and i say that with much due respect maybe sit on their patio or porch or stoop or whatever it was mm-hmm. and listening to Red Sox games on an AM radio. Wow. Because now if we're bordering uh, the yes. New England states, right? So yes. The Boston Bruins, the New England Patriots, and the mighty Boston Red Sox are, you know, yeah. and the Celtics, they, they are the top of the heap. And, Again, different times, and I, I still to this day I'd much prefer to listen to a ball or hockey game on radio than I would watch it on TV. That's, and I'm sure you might concur with that. Yeah. Um. So that kind of spurned well. what do they listen to that I don't know about? So now you you get Mrs. Fawcett's radio because I didn't have my own, <laughs> lug it up to my room, and you know now you're getting NSEN or napping out of uh, yes. Boston. I used I used to catch uh, WNBC out of. Uh, excuse me, WCBS out of New York yes. uh, on a good night, and uh, you know, yeah. traffic and weather together on the 8th. I thought it, oh, I know yeah. more about New York than just <laughs> listening to the radio stations <laughs> than I'd care to know. Um,
0: and it's it seems so different, read, right? Uh, you know, like you listen yeah. to those U.S. stations and how slick everything was. And just like you said, you know, it's everything they said, it was just, you know, so seamless.
1: Well, and here, yeah, it was seamless. Here's the other thing too, John, in your mind's eye, the power of radio here we are. Uh, I'd never seen New York at that point in my life. Had uh, never seen Boston. So, man, they were taking you there. You hear a traffic report from downtown Manhattan and the the LIE and the Tappan Zee Bridge and the Verrazano Narrows and they and I look at I remember like I'm just hearing it right now and that wow. was 30 years ago. Yeah. Um, I, I at one point in my life I thought I could give you a tour of downtown Manhattan because I listened to so much WCBS. <laughs> I used to catch a good one out of and here's a real ironic thing. Uh, I used to catch one out of uh, Hartford, Connecticut. Is Hartford in Connecticut? Yep. Yeah, it is. Yep. Um, <laughs> no, geography major, I was not. Um, <laughs> it was 1410, which, as we get progressed through this, I ended up working at 1410 CIGO in Port Hawkesbury. So that was a oh, neat little okay. connection that. Yeah. yeah. So anyways, that little straddling the border really took me to the next level where you were hearing from all over the place. There used to be one, two, John. Oh, I'd have to look it up. It used to come in out of Buffalo somehow, some way, on a good night. Uh, And it was a bit of a rock station, and that was like, wow. And these guys with big voices were just, (laughs) you know, just sounded like they ate a bag of cement for breakfast and were (laughs) cracking cigarettes in the studio, you know what I mean? Yeah,
2: yeah.
1: And I was like, man, I want to be that guy on the radio at some point in my life. Um, But, yeah, so... Yeah, you go ahead. Sorry, I'm rambling
0: on. Well, here. no, no, that's that's interesting because you know what? I was doing the same thing. You know, as soon as it got dark, uh, you know, you'd yep. just go through. I remember, you know, maybe going somewhere with dad, and he'd run into a store, and he'd leave the key in, in the in the right. truck and I'd go through the dial and see what I could pick up. You know, and, absolutely been and,
1: there, done that. Oh absolutely. yeah, absolutely
0: for sure. So, um, so you graduate from from Woodstock. And uh, yeah. so now, when you graduated, did you were you still working at C one hundred three, or did All that right. end? So here,
1: no, so here's okay. So great question, John. Here's 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 a little curveball for you. With the I, I, I would believe this to be contrary to the way the NBC system works. Now you can enlighten me. So in those days, um and I don't think it was specific to specific to this course, John. I think it was a kind of a generality or a broad scope that if He or she could attain full time, not part time, full time employment and prove such that they would kind of fast track you out of school. Because, Mm -hmm. and I, I may have this all wrong, John, but my recollection and read on that was. That at the time it was a numbers thing, like okay, forty percent of our students are working full time, eighty yeah. percent of our students are working full time. I don't know how it works now, but it, it seems to me because I, I think in the early nineties, and I don't think my memory is wrong to suggest this. Um, trade schools, it, there was a big push on to get kids into universities. And yes. The trades kind of took a little bit of a tank there. Yes. So there, I think NBCC was getting re-engaged and, and you know, you know, tweaking their machine, so to speak um i mean look at the trades now holy smokes um yeah but uh so to to answer your story so now john we are in 1995 into 1996 Mm -hmm. so it's like february of 96 i am to graduate in june of 96 but chance encounter chance phone call love the man we'll talk about this in a second get a call from a radio station, actually, I'm, I'm, I'm lying to you. I'm not lying, I'm misleading you. The gentleman at the radio station in Cape Breton called to Wayne McDonald, who has since passed away, another, right. uh, another big uh, part of my uh, life as well, as far as this business. Uh, yes. Without him, I, I'm nowhere. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. So he calls back and says, hey, do you have a couple of uh, horses in the stable there that you think could work for us? And so my name gets thrown forth. And in those days, John, again, if you could approve that you were had a full-time job, they'd ship you off. So I actually left NBCC Woodstock early, worked mm-hmm. on a project from abroad, and managed yes. to come back for graduation ceremonies in June yeah. of 1996. But uh, to, to answer your question in a really long-form way, but all tied tie it together here, I was working full-time in the business, as we would say, before I graduated
0: and so you ended up in in uh, Cape Breton Port Hawkesbury correct okay so and and that was that was a big influence on you that culture that environment uh,
2: during that time right
1: eh? yeah changed my life so yeah so john uh, look at I, I remember having been in cape breton for a minor hockey tournament 100 years ago that and i think uh, I don't ever remember any great family vacations to Cape Breton. I think it was winter time in a hockey term over on the industrial side of the island. Sorry, I'm mm-hmm. getting real colloquial there, over <laughs> in the Sydney side of the island. Um, so I'm I'm flying blind here. I you know uh, Bob McCaughren calls Wayne McDonald. Wayne McDonald puts my name forth. I connect with Bob uh, uh There is a little hic- uh, another little step here. Uh, one of my former college mates was down a couple of months before, so he had, uh, been on the, on the program as well. Sure. Um, so he's already working full time there and I'm assuming there was a connection there. He probably threw my name forth too. I never really thought about it in that context before. Um, so look at, I bailed out of NBCC Woodstock, um, was given my assignments to do from abroad. Um, I'll be honest with you, John, and maybe they'll rescind my diploma. I don't ever remember doing those projects. I think they just said, go do your thing and come on back and do We'll give you a diploma. Um, <laughs> I, Cause I really don't remember doing the project. Truth be told. Yeah. Um, So I get down to Cape Breton and I, John, uh, other than uh, Scott Landry, to use a name, Scott is there. I, I don't know anyone in Cape Breton, not a soul. And, Look, at, at the time, and this is pre-Cobaquid Pass, and you have family in St. Excuse me, in uh, Nova Scotia, mm-hmm. so you can appreciate the Cobaquid Pass. Yes. Insert eye roll here. Back in those days, you were winding through that old Eagles Wentworth Valley. It seemed like I was going to the other side of the world. I thought, where the hell is Cape Breton here?
4: <laughs>
1: and I just kept driving. You know that exit where you go to Truro, and it says, yeah. the last exit to Cape Breton. You're like, well, I better take this, and then another three-hour <laughs> push onto the island. I crossed the cancel causeway. Uh, it says, Welcome to Cape Breton. And now in the Cape Breton, are working in on that uh, 1410 CIGO for family owned operation at the time. Yeah. Uh, and that's a whole different dynamic than nowadays, uh, McCaffrey Broadcasting.
0: Yeah. Because um, I think just recently it was purchased by uh, the Irvings, wasn't it?
1: Yeah. When the last. Two or three years, two probably, John, as best yeah. I can recall.
0: Yeah. So uh, probably a little different going from C103 to a family-run operation.
1: Oh, that's very fair. However, as I've come to find out, it was probably the best move I've ever made in my life. Yeah. And 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 here's why. So you're working overnight on a big radio station. Well, in your in your mind's eye, you're in the biggest radio station in New Brunswick at the time, I suppose.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, of course, the CFMB and Freddie was a, and C High was a dandy stick as well. But um, anyways, in my world, Moncton seemed to be the biggest. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I go to this family-run operation. So the, the, the reality is, John, as much as I hate to probably take a look at myself in the 1995, 1996 lens, I, my opportunities at C-103, Rock 103, CJMO were very limited uh, yeah. because, and the proof in the pudding, fast forward uh, five, six, ten years, the same bodies were there, so they weren't going anywhere. Yeah, yeah. And you couldn't carve out a living working overnight, or I suppose you could, John, but, you know, who wants to work every night at midnight, so to No, speak. no. So off to Cape Breton, to go to work evenings, you're live on the air, and again, John, you're live on the air from six till midnight, mm-hmm. and... That, look, at contrary to the, the WHOUs and the Q96s and the CJCJs and the college radio station, um, there's a loud car driving by. Um, <laughs>
0: Wouldn't be any of those uh, around the uh, downtown Newcastle. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, so, so contrary to all the learning and all the experience, and, and I loved every minute of it, uh, and I learned something everywhere, and I worked with great people who would show you a tip or two, it wasn't until I hit Cape Breton and you alluded to it where things started to really take off for me and I bought into the, 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 culture. Look at, I'll be very honest with you. I love Miramichi. Uh, I will, uh, likely die in Miramichi at some point in time and they'll put me in the ground in Miramichi. But I tell you, a big part of my heart still is in Cape Breton. There are some nights, John, I go to bed thinking about it and I wake up still thinking about it and that's, it just left a huge mark on me and it was, and I think we'll get into it here because I feel like you're leading me down this path. It was yeah. just the right time to be in Cape Breton if you were a music fan and yeah. a radio fan.
0: All right. So, yeah, definitely. Let's let's talk about it because, well, number one, it's the radio side of it. But as anything with radio, with promoting and, and shows, concerts and things like that, it goes hand in hand. And like you said, there, there was a big movement at that time.
1: Well, okay. So. You, you, you put the brakes on me whenever I could go on for this forever. So 1996, uh, Cape Breton, 1996, Nova Scotia in general. Fact of the matter is this. Uh, so by this time in your mind's eye, John, we've already heard of Rita McNeil. Yep. We've already heard of the Rankin family. We've already heard of the Barry McNeils.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and they had, you know, against, I don't want to say against odds because they're wicked talented, but it's. You know, in context, in 1996 context, if you'll allow this, you can't imagine that people who played fiddles and sang in Gaelic could carve out a living and go on to the national stage. Like, these people went from working, excuse me, from working, from playing, you know, church halls and local community centers to the world stage seemingly overnight. Yes. So at the time that I land there, they're looking for the next wave. This is, you know, Natalie Masters, Mm -hmm. a younger lady that had carved her way and Ashley McIsaac is a younger man carving his way. And then, oh, John, there's so many performers and so many bands and it was just fascinating uh, to be there. It was just, uh, and look at, it was the right time. I'm getting a little bit of a chill here. It was the right time to be there for uh, A, radio business and B, well, look at, when I say a hey, radio business I, I I will default to the family run operation too, because um, they did it right uh, in my mind um, and they played that music John it yeah. wasn't it wasn't out of the ordinary to hear John mellencamp, Bruce Springsteen, and then the Mary Mary J Lamb is another one right there. Mm-hmm. You know, the fact you were playing a, a Gaelic singer on a radio station just seemed like. It was from another time, yeah. But somehow, some way, given the market and the commitment to the market and the commitment to promoting the artist in said market, it took off. And Bob McCracken would—I uh, I bet you—if you looked at a lot of those albums from release in those days, the IGL was getting a, a little plug in the in the in the CD jackets.
0: Nice, nice. So um, how? So you—you you know, of course, that time. Uh, very uh, formative for Patty Quinn. Uh, what was your time span down there in Port Hawkesbury? Nineteen ninety
1: six to nineteen ninety nine. Um, May so, of ninety six, and I think I was back home in, by July of ninety nine.
0: So probably a very, probably a very fast three years. Oh, like
1: uh, you know what, John? That's uh, that's super fair. You know, you know what? As you get older, time seems to really speed up on you. So yeah, yeah. I, I I would agree it. it to you know you're, you're kind of caught up in your own world down there and you don't realize it's it's happening and times passing you by but yeah as I reflect upon it it was a quick three years yeah I agree
0: so what what was the decision you spent three years down there and what was the decision that that you decided to move on
1: well you know what that's uh there is some there is a, a sense of regret here I do I don't know that I regret it, John. Uh, what's the word? I, I I wish I would have hung in uh, longer, and maybe I've never had this conversation with Bob, and Bob will get the link to this when it's up and uh, be listening to this. And maybe he's hearing this for the first time, and maybe we just never have had this conversation, though we remain great friends still to this day. <clears throat> Talk to him probably once a week. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, yeah, I wish I had hung in a, a tad longer because at the time, Uh, They were going from 1410 AM to 1015 FM. And at the time, John, um, a sense of regret is that I left to having never had seen that move from AM Hmm. to FM for his operation because I know, I guess you're young, you think you know everything. What I know now as an adult is I I didn't really realize how big and monumental it was for him. And gosh darn it, I regret not having... Hung in there for another year or so because look, by this point in time, John, I'm what 23 24 so still in the prime of her. You know what I mean? Like exactly. there's no reason to there's no reason to really have uprooted myself. Truth be told, and, and no regrets. I mean, home is home, and uh, mm-hmm. here I am. But uh, you know, another year or two. What's another year or two when you're that young, right? For
0: sure, sure. So, did you have an offer to come home?
1: I did have an offer to come home. Absolutely. um Funny story. There, you want to hear this one? Sure. I was hired at 790 CFAM. Um, I'm trying to think, John, are they an MBS radio station at that point in time? Yes, they are. Yes, they are. Yeah. Yes, that's how I remember this now. So, yes, uh, Jim McMullen, uh, to throw an in that you're well familiar with. Yes. He and I, I think, John. So, I let think- me
0: just interrupt there for a second. Yep. So, there is no connection to Ian Byers for Patty Quinn.
1: I, I do have a good Ian Byers story for you, yes. Uh, so, okay, so real quickly, uh, and here's where I cross paths with another uh, legendary voice, Ian Miramichi specifically. Um, 1992, I'm in grade 10. Uh, I did a little bit of work with Hoppy Dunn on some baseball broadcast. Okay. And at that point in time, <clears throat> excuse me, at that point in time, Ian Byers was owner-operator, so... Did I ever work for Ian Byers full-time? No, but uh, certainly uh, experienced the legend that was the Byers, for sure.
2: <laughs> okay, good.
1: Yeah, so fast forward, uh, Jim McMullen hires me. No, Jim McMullen reaches out to me. I kind of forget the ebb and flow, but I know I was home one weekend, John. We agreed to meet up somewhere, probably the Kingsway or the Fundy Line for breakfast. I kind of forget. Yeah. Woody shop somewhere. And we we hatch a little bit of a deal that, you know, if if I wanted to come home, the opportunity would be there to come home. And then we kind of had left at that. And then I thought about it, and I thought, well, maybe it's time to go home. Um, So I did. So I get there, and uh, you know what? Uh, Kate and I laugh about this all the time. So I roll home, move my whole life back. Um, This is July of 99 now, John. And I walk into the radio station. I don't know a soul. I mean, I've heard <laughs> of Ev Gray. I've heard of Jason Humphreys. I, you know, I've heard of Darren McDonald. Yeah. Don't know them. Um. And I get there and I introduce myself, and Kate at the front desk says, uh, "Are you here?" And I said, "Or uh, what are you here for, or something of that effect?" How can I help you? I suppose. And I said, "I uh, I'm working here." And she goes, "Are you sure?" And I thought, <laughs> "Oh God." Because here's what happened. Uh, sometime, in, however the timeline would go for Jim, by the time I end up back in Merriman, She, Jim has already moved on to Moncton. Um,
2: okay.
1: So I don't know if there was many memos left going, hey, by the way, there's a kid coming from uh, Cape Breton. He's originally from here and he's going to work here. So I remember Kate and she has this, un- <laughs> she has this. I'll look, at I've seen it a million times. I ended up working with her in that, at another point in my life. Um, she has this look, and she goes, are you sure? And I thought, oh, oh I hope dear. so. Because, because I had put Kate Breton in the rearview mirror, and she goes in and finds a gentleman by the name of Brent Preston, if you remember him. yes. And he, thank goodness, was familiar that there was to be a Patty Quinn um, <laughs> coming to work there. So it was an awkward start to my career there, but uh, I uh, ended up I'm trying to think, John. I think I did afternoons at the time, 2 to 6 on the air. Okay. Yeah, 2 to 6. Or no, I think we went till 7 in those days, John.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, geez, that was, that was a good thing there was a, a Post-it note st- stuck somewhere with your name on it.
1: Yeah. Thankfully, Jim left a note for someone. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So here's another little piece of radio nerdery for you. So 1999 CIGO, as I mentioned before, is gearing up to go FN. Yes. I think they did so in 2000 or 2001. I think I missed it by a year or two, um, and I might have that wrong, but that's my recollection. Um, mm-hmm. So, and, and to his credit, uh, Bob and his wife Brenda and their family uh, had used to invest <coughs> heavily in technology. Yes, we were. We, you know, we made the move from carts to CDs. We made the move from CDs to mini discs. If you remember that, yes. failed format. <laughs> and then, uh, and then we went digital in the production studio and that was a game changer. Oh, like yeah. uh, Cool edit pro, which now is Adobe audition. Like you, yeah. you know, gone are the razor blades and tape and chalk pencils or grease pencils, as they were called. <laughs> gone are the bulky racers. Like, you know, oh. uh, we, we made a step there, but however, so Patty's Patty in 1999 is, is getting a little bit of an education on the current uh, technology. I come here and it's completely analog again, so I had to go back <laughs> to the tape and yeah. the reel to reels and yeah. the bulk erasers. And I tell you what, John, and you remember it, but having had seen the finery of technology to go backwards oh, was
2: I couldn't imagine. seemed
1: like seem like you were at the end of the line and like, oh yes, <laughs> this is the end of my career right now. You know what I mean?
0: Oh <laughs> well, not having been exposed to the you know, the analog uh, you know, when I got started, everything was, you know, uh, computerized, I couldn't imagine going with the razor blades and the tape and stuff like that.
1: Oh my gosh, Sean. No, no. Like I, no, I don't look at, I don't even, uh, and you may, you may be a collector. You may have access to an old closet there the radio station that has some of that old stuff, but I never want to see it again. <laughs> no. I, I, I'm not, I'm not one bit nostalgic about it. Believe me. <laughs> no,
0: it's in the past. Leave it there hundred
1: percent yeah
0: please. so but you you mentioned that you missed out on the station port Hawkesbury going to fm but mm-hmm. you came along at the time when cfan flipped to fm
1: yeah so i finally got to do that so yeah so real quickly just a little quick overview of 790 cfan days sure i get there these are back in the days john where there's all kinds of people working at radio stations and yeah. you remember those days and I'm, I'm not knocking the business right now but there, there are a lot less people in radio stations. That yeah. is no secret.
2: Um, yeah. yeah.
1: So, like, i mean, in my mind's eye. Uh, my goodness, there's Kate. There's Brent. There's Bernice. There's Anne. There's Shirley. There's Valerie. Sharon, Jeez. Jason, Patty, Chris, Sean, Ev. Like it was, it was crazy. Like, yeah. The lunchroom was like a lunchroom. You were <laughs> hanging out. You know what I mean? Like there was lots of bodies there.
2: Yeah.
1: Um. So. Ended up in the afternoons, ended up doing middays back when there was a middays. Yeah. And then Jason, I believe, sauntered off to a government job in Fredericton, and I ended up working with Ev Gray. So okay. um, So now we're moving over to where the building is now. And Ev and I uh, love the guy. Ev and I had a really good run together that mm-hmm. – uh, in hindsight, I wish, again, things you, you know uh, things you see now uh, through a different lens, looking in the rearview mirror, um, Ev went off, I believe, to, I think he left the radio station to work on Lonsbury Furniture, as best I can recall. Um,
0: yes, that's, because so, yeah, I had Ev on uh, the last episode, yeah. and that's what he said, that he went to uh, to Lonsbury Furniture.
1: Okay, very good. So there, good memory for me. Yeah. Um, and I did listen to that, too, so maybe that was in the back of my head. Um mm-hmm. So that was the last run with Evan. We had a great run. Look, and again, uh, uh, just follow me on this journey real quickly. Ev, Newcastle boy, Patty, a Chatham boy. So we have both <laughs> We have both kind of dynamics. We have both markets cornered. Yep. If Ev didn't know someone in Chatham, I knew them. If I didn't know someone in Newcastle, Ev knew them. It was the best of both worlds. Yeah. And much much like you referenced with Jerry Green, I don't have many tapes from those days, but I, I do remember fondly working with Evan. and it seemed to... It seemed to click. We we had a good thing going there, um, ever so briefly.
0: And it sounded like he, forward, oh, yeah. Sorry. I was just going to say, with my conversation with Ev, you know, he he echoed those uh, sentiments as well. Uh, that uh, working with you was, you know, was a good time and and uh, did a lot of great things.
1: Yeah, we did do a lot of great things. Um, you know, we were sports nerds. Ev's a big music guy. I was a big music guy. Like it's just again everything you know what, when it works, it works, and there's really no explanation for what makes it work, when it works, but it worked, yeah. past tense. Um, somehow, some way, it's just, you know, you show up at work at 5 in the morning, 4.30, whatever time it was, you're half asleep, barely awake, <laughs> and when the mics go on, you, you, you find a way to make it work for, for better or worse, and obviously, John, some days are better than others, and there are some days you mail her in, but if you yeah. mail her in and the people don't know you're mailing it in, <clears throat> that's part of the the magic of it all too. You can <laughs> exactly. have a bad day, but no yeah. one has to know it.
0: Exactly. Absolutely. So um, yeah. So you're doing the because what what was it? You're you're both on the mornings, but uh, who was doing what?
1: Okay. So good question. Evs, uh, ev's your Evs your your jock, as if, if that should be the term. Personality. Right. And I had I had taken up the mantle from Jason Humphrey in the news and sports side of things.
2: Gotcha. Okay. Makes sense.
1: Hmm.
0: Yeah. Um, so, and you you guys worked together for, did you bridge the, from AM to FM together?
1: No. However, here's, here's Evan and I's connection. Evan and I did bridge the gap between <clears throat> old 790, CFN and above the Sears building, you know what I mean? Yes. To new building, where, I say new building, look at me, Christ! it's a long time ago now, but to, <laughs> to where you are now, we did work in the new building together. But still, seven ninety CFAM.
0: Okay, so it was it was AM in the new building, wasn't? It?
1: Yes, it was absolutely. And here's how I remember because I remember. Oh, geez, John. Let me think. Am I right to say that, or am I way wrong on that? Oh, you know what, John? No, I'm sorry. We had made the move to FM. No, John. No, I'm no. We were still seven ninety CFAM in the new building. Hundred percent.
0: Okay, interesting. Yeah, because
3: I uh, yeah
1: we were.
0: Okay, you you would know better than I would. I'm because I'm always getting my information second hand. Uh but I I thought the I thought when the AM closed, when they shut that down, that was from the old station and then the new station was the FM, but I could be wrong about that cuz I wasn't there. Yeah.
1: No, I'm sure, John, I, my recollection, and maybe Ann Woods would correct me on this, but I am almost 100% certain that in the new building, I'll call it the new building still, yeah. um, we were 790 CSAN, and I do remember the day very vividly when we were flipping from previous format to the country format. I, I remember that like it was yesterday. Yeah,
2: yeah.
0: How how long was it uh, that you were there um, in the in the new building? I left I, in 05. So you went to Lonsbury's
2: after that?
1: Um, that would be correct. Yeah, yes. in 2005 I left. So, I think, John, so, it seems to me when the new millennium rolled over in 2000, we were still at the old building. So, it was sometime in early 2000, maybe late 2000, that we moved down the road. Okay. Yeah, because I, I remember very vividly. Uh, I remember because the world was going to end there uh, when the calendar flipped over to the year 2000. I remember we had a generator on the uh, fire in, oh, case, yes. in the old building in case all hell broke loose. We could get ourselves back on the air. <laughs>
3: right, right.
1: Um, so I remember. I remember for sure we were still in the old building. Part that, again, I'm stuck between old and new buildings here yep. during the the great Y2K freakout. <laughs> <day. laughs> yeah, amounted to nothing as a German
0: Um Any anything that sticks out in your mind, so it will 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 stick pre two thousand five stick to that mm-hmm. time frame. Uh, so anywhere between when you when you first came back to Miramichi to 2005, uh, you know, any anything that just kind of comes to mind as, you know, big, you know, memorable moments, things that stick out in your mind as far as, oh, listeners, guests, uh, co-workers, anything like that, just like...
1: Yeah, uh, for sure. I could chew on that one all day. Look, I uh, so look at my skills. I'm uh, like yourself. I'll uh, hey, well, The ushering in of some former format, previous format to country. I uh, I stopped reading the day we found that uh, that internal office memo was handed to us because my country skills, John, uh, somewhat exposed. Uh, yeah. I thought, oh, this the end for me. what but, 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 but what you come to realize. Uh, and uh, although country is what you do now, um, you know if that station went to rock tomorrow, it doesn't change what John does or how John communicates yeah. with the people. So that's how I sold myself on. Okay, the job's not going to change here, yeah. and I'll figure out who Tracy Bird is, and I'll figure out who you know Shania Twain is, or Leanne Womack. I was a, I was a quick study because it had to be a quick study, John.
2: Yeah, yeah, for sure.
1: Um but i uh, truth be told, uh, I make no bones about it. that flip scared the living hell of me. I'm not gonna lie about that. Now, yeah. now I've come to appreciate country music, and i tell you what I appreciate most about country music. And I'm sure you're gonna scream it as I say this. And this is not so much the 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 music itself, which I've come to grow and enjoy. Well, look at you, a uh, big part of that for me too. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I am speaking out of school when I say this, and here's where I'm hoping you're nodding as you hear me. The country radio listener, as I've come to find out real quickly and quickly, are super loyal.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And they listen long. And you yeah. know what I mean when I say listen long? It's, it's an industry term, but that's what they have on, whether it's in their kitchen when they're getting off to work in the morning, yeah. in their car when they're getting to work. Or uh, on, their, on their radio at work, or however they're accessing it now, on the dot-com or the app or whatever. Yeah. I, didn't, I, did, I didn't know that prior to that, John. Uh, and, man, they, those that love it, love it. Like, they're oh, all in. Yeah. You know what I
0: mean? Uh, 100%. And, yeah.
1: And I always appreciated that, uh, because you knew they were there with you.
0: Yeah, for sure. And, and you know, like uh, the last, oh, I can't even count now, the... I think all except for one year that I didn't do the New Year's Eve uh, right. all request show. Uh, right. My goodness, you talk about four or five hours that goes by in about twenty minutes. It's just yeah, unreal because people are calling they're you know, and they're mm-hmm. and they're requesting songs like, oh my geez, I don't even know if we have that. You know, it's yeah, it's amazing. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: So I, I and then a couple of things, John, like that. some things that stick out of mind. I remember uh, very fondly connecting with uh, Jason Dixon. Mm. He was representing Canada, my goodness, I'm gonna say 04 at the Olympics.
2: Okay. Yeah.
1: You know, that was such a treat to have, you know, your former a guy you knew, a guy you knew well, who was a former major leaguer who was now representing Canada at the Olympics. And the fact of the miracle of radio you could connect with a guy and have a chat while he's there. It was just it seems it seems so minor now because, again, we've never been more connected. But in 2004, it wasn't easy, you know, at the yeah. time to make that connection. Exactly. Um, I, uh, I always took great pride, John, in <clears> – <throat> look, I always took great pride in this. And there, this, there's no arrogance here or anything. I always took great pride – please nod, because you do as well, mm-hmm. to your credit. I always took great pride in doing Narrow Machine.
2: Yeah. Well, yeah,
1: and hopefully better than anyone else, because mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. my theory was always like, uh, so I'll, I'll default to the country format. So you have the country news of the day and someone's got a new out. someone passes away on a new tour. I get it. It's important. Yes. But what really matters on the pavement is what's going on downtown. And it matters that the Kinsmen are having a barbecue or it matters that autism resources are having a book sale. Yeah, and I always took great pride in, in in that, and connecting with those people, and taking that to the air. Yeah. So I have fond memories of uh, um, you know, having those folks on the air, giving a plug, as we would say in this business. But I tell you, really, you're going to get a You hear This story because this is the power of the radio business. Yeah, here's the power of the medium. Yeah, and here's here's why I still love it to this day. And maybe someday, John, the moon and stars will align and we'll get to do something together on the air and have ourselves a blast. But Kenny McBride, former Miramichi Golf and Country Club yep. pro. I'm sure you know that name.
0: Oh, who, what, what Miramichi or wouldn't, really?
1: Yeah, right, exactly. So yeah. my uh, knowledge of the game of golf at this point in my life is zero. Uh, still to this day, John, I bet you I've played less than 50 times in my life, truth be told.
2: Yeah.
1: But. And I and look at I'm not this is this is not a slight. All you had to do was say good morning, Kenny, you're on the air and bang he'd go. Some days it was three minutes, other days it was nine minutes, you had to go, Kenny, we gotta get rolling here <laughs> because he was beautiful and he knew that John had a good game or that Margaret the night before hit a hit a hole in one. The guy would just bring this golf course to life yeah. on the radio station. So we did this for three, four, maybe five years in the high side. But the beauty for me was the calling of him. We're doing this live, John, just to to be clear. Yep. Um, so you're going on the air at 1140, as I recall, 1145, something like that. So you call Kenny at 1130 or 1135, and you have either 5, 10, 15 minutes to have a chat and we would talk about his kids and grandkids and what's going on at the golf course. And he would ask me what's going on in my life. We talk politics. We solved all the world's problems in those little <laughs> five or 10 minute conversations. Yeah. Then we get on the air. We do our thing. Goodbye, Kenny. Have a great day. Patty bang. Bob's your uncle. We get him off the air. And we move on. <laughs> so uh, Kenny is gearing up to retire. Don't ask him what year this is other than I'm still at the radio station. So it's, I left in Oh five. So it's somewhere along that corridor. Yeah. <clears throat> I believe the gentleman's name, and I hope I have this right, is <clears throat> Harvey Matchett. Gives me a call and says, would you like to introduce, or excuse me, introduce, would you like to MC Kenny's retirement It's Well, sure, absolutely. Um, you know, you throw a plate of dinner in front of me, John, I'm, I'm anywhere. <laughs> um, so uh, I I think as a memory serves me, at the time the, the head office or Ann or someone had come up with the idea, to come up with these, you know, those folding lawn chairs, like those you throw them over your shoulder yep. chairs. Yep. There's two of those. There's all kinds of them. I likely stole them. There's beautiful '99 <laughs> three the river logo on it. It's it's embroidered. They look like a million bucks. And so i not going to steal a few of those. And that'll be my gift to Kenny. And NBS uh, Radio can pay for his gift. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I may get a bill in the mail yet, John. Um, <laughs> So I brought one for him and his wife, throw them over my shoulder, go to the golf course on whatever evening it was. Seems to me it was a Friday, which would make sense, I suppose. Yeah. Lovely. It's well-decorated. You know, the who's who of the local golfing community is there. The who's who of the Nebraska golfing community is there because Kenny is well-known and well-respected and well-admired. Harvey meets me, takes me up to the main ballroom. You know the anxiety of emceeing an event. You got to check the room, make sure the mic's good. You know, all that stuff you go through. Yeah. People think it comes easy to you, John, but it doesn't.
2: No. No,
1: um, and you know exactly what I mean there. Oh, yeah. um, Big time. So finally, I, I okay, I realize I'm in good hands because you know if you know the mic's not working, the equipment's not working, John. The assumption would be that I don't know what I'm doing, right? You know how that goes. Exactly. So I'm in good hands. I'm in my own hands. I got her beat here. I trained myself in their equipment, which was no, you know, no great sound system of the day. Truth be told, it was just you know two speakers and an amplifier and a microphone.
2: There you go. Yep.
1: Which is all you need, mind you, uh, and I am fully aware of that, too. Um, so I said, Harvey, and he said, yeah, I said, which one's Kenny? And he turns this whiter shade of pale, like, I'm like, are you alright? He goes, what do you mean, who's Kenny? And I said, I don't know who Kenny May Wright is. Like, I had seen him in pictures and probably had seen him in passing John, yeah. but I never met the man. <laughs> Until the night I retire- I did his retirement dinner, and that's <laughs> that sounds crazy, but then again, that if you're going back to where I started, that is why I think you love the business, and that's yeah. why I love the business. Um, it's just that you could connect with someone, A, and then B, everyone else thought you were the best of friends. And there is, you know, for some people who just don't really understand it, they'll roll their eyes and go, I don't understand what he's talking about, but there's a certain magic in that connection.
2: Yeah. Yeah, for and, sure. And,
1: uh, and I hope for your sake, and maybe someday I'll get back on the air somewhere, whether it's full time, part time, or an appearance. That ability, don't ever. If there's any radio people listening in, don't ever give up the opportunity to connect with someone. Take that moment, yeah, and 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 and, and be in that moment for what it's worth, and ring every last drop of magic out of it. Is what I would say to encourage folks. It's it's magical.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, you must have now. During your time at CFAN, um, I know you worked with Hoppy Dunn afterwards. But yeah. have you? Did you work with Hoppy while you were at the station?
1: Um, okay, yeah, that's a great question. I had to think about that for a second. Yes, to answer your word, and to answer your question, one word: yes. I was working at the radio station getting off the air, jumping on a bus and going to do a hockey game with Hoppy and then coming right back to work. Most, and most days, well, I shouldn't say most because that would be wrong, but sometimes you wouldn't go home. You'd just come right back to the radio station. you go home, put your head in the pillow and never wake up again because you were getting home from Halifax on a Tuesday yeah. at 2.30 in the morning. So you got to go to work for 4 or 4.30. You might as well just go there.
4: <laughs> and and it, if
1: you pass out, at least you're in the couch in the studio or you're on the floor <laughs> of the studio, whatever, at least uh, you're there.
0: Exactly, exactly um cuz i when i'm you know was listening to your podcast with Jerry Green uh you know talking you guys talking about your stories of you know getting on the bus going to the the hockey games uh coming back and and uh, uh you know that is definitely something and i you, you guys brought it up that's something that just doesn't happen in uh, in radio today
1: well, look at it. Here's the other thing too, and please laugh all you want. And maybe someday I will do this, but I jokingly say I could write a book from traveling around with that uh, nut. And uh, <laughs> he would appreciate that I'm calling that. May he rest in peace, and I miss him dearly too. Yeah. I believe you, me. But look at John. Everything you can imagine happening happened. I can guarantee you that. Uh, we get into more situations. Look, I could go on for hours. We talked our way out of more situations than I care to remember or actually I'm not betraying a trust here I talked us out of it because he got us into it I had to do the he'd wind her up I'd have to unwind her you know what I'm saying
3: (laughs) yeah exactly
1: unreal oh my god but look at uh, uh, the doom and gloom of all that aside man we had some great memories on a bus in a hotel there was more beers and vodka consumed and card games played it just it was what it was and we had a great time doing
0: it <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go there you go what, what was it uh what was it that he used to call you you know if it was time to go to the go to the rink didn't he uh he'd always call you he always, something
1: he always called me kid, which always drove me nuts i know that is that what you're talking about i think so yeah, he'd always call me kid and it used to just drive me insane that he would call me kid, but it was just his term of endearment. Here here's a real quick one too. One night, John, so Timberwolves in their infancy. Um one of these teams doesn't exist anymore, so this wasn't yesterday. Um we're gonna think about this. Friday night you would do and Ish. Saturday you would do Truro, Sunday hop on the bus, skip across the bridge and hit Summerside, three days three games, three days, wow. horrifying trip. Jeez. Horrifying. <laughs> so this one particular night we do the game Friday night in and ish We, we always stayed in Truro. So you'd go to anagan play the game, double back to Truro. That's where you laid your head because at least you could sleep in the next day and you were in the town. You had to play in the next night.
2: Yeah.
1: And the reality is, you know, the kids needed their sleep and the players, but look, all we had to do was get our act together by seven and we'd be good to go. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so this one particular night. He said, "Come on, let's go downtown and have a beer." And he said, "Really?" And he just he popped right up out of his chair, like just couldn't wait for me to ask him to go downtown for a beer. So we're going in, John. I don't know how well you know Truro. We're going into the engine room pub or tavern, and it it's a uh, it's a legendary locale, I believe, still going. And it's the place is bumping. Uh, it's a Friday night, and I tell you what, other than hobby done, and other than him with me, we didn't know a soul. You know what I'm saying? And I just. Uh, far far, far being for me to be the moral compass here or the voice of reason, but I remember grabbing him on the way in and he said, what's the matter with you? And I said, listen, Don. and I, I'm, I'm pulling rank here and I'm being the adult in the situation here. Again, roll your eyes. I said, the only person I know in this tavern is you and the only person that you know, or that I know, that you know is me. And he said, what are you saying? I said, well, all we have is each other here, so let's keep it together and let's not get caught up in any foolishness here because if the fur starts to fly, I can outrun you, and that's exactly what I said. <laughs> so he goes. He, he I just did the action. I had him by the, he had a denim coat on. I'll never forget it. And he pulled his, because I had him by the arm, and he pulled his sleeve. And he said, "I'm not worried about that kid." And off he goes. He said, "Pay the lady," and he threw her, he threw his coat on the table. And I think I get hit for four bucks trying to John an eight-dollar cover. And off he goes. By the time I get our numbers back from the coat check, you know how that went in those days? Yep. I come around the corner, and who's on stage with a microphone in his hand, and the band stopped playing, but Hoppy Dunn. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, my.
4: <laughs>
1: now, John, uh, yeah, Hoppy Dunn was a big man. I'm not portraying trust for there. How he made it from where we were to where he ended up in that short amount of time. I'm talking <laughs> 15 seconds. And he's on stage, and the band is looking at each other like, Who is this guy? <laughs> and John, sure as I'm here, you know how you do the tap on the mic to make sure it's on? You know that little thud yep, thud? Yep. He, uh, look at it. He says, Settle down in here, you bunch of blue nosers, which of course it was his term for the Nova Scotians. Uh, yep. Pardon me for that, but that's exactly what he said. <laughs> look at here, you bunch of blue nosers. There's nothing I hate any worse than a room full of drunks. And him. <laughs> Him, the drunkest lad in all of Truro and Colchester County. And I'm sitting there, and I, the, my first move, John, I hugged the wall, and I said, oh, my God, here we go. Because I thought, we are done here. Yeah. What I didn't know, and what he didn't bother to tell me, it was all a big setup. What I didn't know, and I've come to find out, is that in 1998, many years before this, who's the voice of the Truro TSM Bearcats when they win the Allen Cup? what Hoppy done, and when he wasn't at the, <laughs> the rink, his office was in the engine room tavern, and he knew every son of a gun in there. So, while well, well, I'm hugging the wall, and I'm not breathing, all I can hear, is that you, Hoppy? Is that you? And, oh, and we God. were off to of the races. We got treated like, <laughs> we got treated like royalty, and lucky for us, our money was no good there, man. We got, we got... <laughs> we got the, the
0: white glove treatment that particular night honest to god and and patty i, I gotta be perfectly honest uh, uh listening to your podcast the run i heard that story so i knew where you're going with it and and folks i, I really gotta recommend that uh, you check out uh, uh patty quinn and jerry green's uh, podcast the run go back and listen to uh previous episodes just for stories like that on well he-
1: Here's another real quick one, John. I'll give you the Colesnose version of this. Uh, that, look, it, you can't imagine. You're going to think I'm making this up. I lose track of him one time in the old Cahill or Caught Hill, however you say it, stadium in Summerside. They got a beautiful new rink there now. But this one's an old, dingy barn, and I lose track of him, <laughs> which was never good.
0: <laughs> no, no.
1: So this guy comes out and he goes, Are you Quinn? And I thought, Oh my gosh, <laughs> he's calling me Quinn because i know in my head uh go get quinn i can hear him saying it now you know what i mean yeah yeah so i begrudgingly say yeah i'm quinn he said follow me kid and i said all right here we go so we go down this hall john we go through a set of doors we go through a second set of doors and now i'm in the parking lot and i said well i'm not getting mixed into this rink <laughs> i'm outside and look at john you couldn't make this up i'm I'm rolling my eyes now. I come around the corner. He goes, where were you? I need you. And I said, what are you doing? And John, sure, as I'm standing here, he traded a pint of vodka for an old Elan snowmobile with a guy who was trying to jam the snowmobile on the bottom of the bus. Yeah. And I said, what are you doing? He said, well, it seemed like a good trade to me. He said, I've had enough of that stuff for the weekend. We need a snowmobile. And I said, yes, that's exactly what we need right now is a snowmobile.
0: (laughs) Oh, oh my God. Uh, He traded traded a, a bottle of liquor for a snowmobile.
1: It was a bottle of Alberta pure vodka because that was his poison of choice, and we brought oh. home like a nineteen eighty something old Elan. For goodness sake, we had to take the windshield off to get on the bottom of the bus.
0: <laughs> I'm surprised to even fit anywhere in there. Oh. Well, listen,
1: listen to this now. Here's the real foolish part of it. When we got home, so fast forward whatever time we get home from summers, I don't even know what time it is. All the billet parents and the you know girlfriends and partners and friends are there to, you know, see the boys and pick them up or whatever. And here's Dunn and I rolling out the bus carrying a, a skadoo <laughs> And they're they're all looking like, what are you two doing? And you're just like, How you doing, folks? Good to see you. <laughs> Nothing to see here. This is how every Sunday ends. We we bring snowmobiles back from the summer
0: side. Oh my God. <laughs> 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 that one I did not hear before. So that oh, uh, look at
1: John. Again, I, one of these days I will write that book.
0: Oh, that that was that's priceless. That's absolutely yeah. priceless. Um it uh, you know, Patty. I I think uh, I when we're you know uh, messaging back and forth, uh, I said that uh, we probably have to make this a two parter. But yeah, um, yeah. You, you know, we'll we'll just have to find an excuse to uh, to get together and and uh, and and do this again. But uh, I, I just want to give you the opportunity because you know you you left you left uh, uh, CFN in two thousand five. Yeah to go work at Lonsbury's and we kept in touch over those years. Um, and then you decided to come back, uh, for that, you know, for that, uh, time when, uh, yeah. when the station yeah. flipped to country and, and, yeah. and things like that. But I want to give you the opportunity to, um, you know, uh, mention your time at, uh, Sun FM as well. Uh, because, yeah, sure. uh, you know, like you, uh, you were there from day one, and uh, yeah. so, you know, just uh, make some comments about that.
1: Well, real quickly, uh, it was new, it was exciting. I, I, I had done AM to FM, I had done format to format, so been there, done that, so this was merely, this is no knock on anyone, this was very selfish of me. I just wanted a, 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 an opportunity, and I realized this was, lightning was not going to strike twice, this was my chance to go from ground up, uh, so... I rolled the dice and uh, took that job. No regrets. However, I will say this. Um, <clears throat> you know, what I didn't realize at the time is, um, and, and again, worked with great people. Uh-huh. Uh, fast forward, ended up uh, with uh, with Darcy. Um, and again, I don't want to say against all odds because... That would be rude of me, but somehow, some way, he and I made it work for ourselves, and we had a great run together, loved the guy, missed the guy, working with the guy. Right. No, I shouldn't say I miss him, I see him all the time. But yep. um, look, here, here's the fact of the matter. So that, that's a real quick synopsis there. Started in 2013, left in 16, ended up coming back. So I think I've uh, kind of set a local radio record here, John. Follow me on this journey, and maybe I've burned every bridge here, and I don't even know it yet, <laughs> but <laughs> worked at 790 CFAN. Worked yep. at 993 The River twice, ended up working at Sun FM twice. So yep. five trips through two radio stations, I think, <laughs> on yesterday's news. But look, it, n- no regrets whatsoever. Uh, if given the opportunity, I'd love to do it again. Mm-hmm. Um, I never pass up an opportunity to jump on the air uh, as a guest or something like this or with my own podcast or, excuse me, our own podcast yeah. or and lately, John, um, and I, I hope you know, uh, and maybe have listened in every now and again, I say lately, John, probably in the last, where are we now? 2021 in the last three, four or five years. Um, I ended up doing the, you know, the odd hit on, uh, John a brewer at CBC and Munkin. Um,
3: yes. Okay.
1: And, and you know, that's, that's very, I, I don't want to say self-serving. I mean, John, uh, you know, appreciates the and, you know, so he connects with an audience up here, of course. Yeah. Um, but it does, uh, I tell you what, I, the bigger what I'm trying to say here is, in a roundabout way, the radio bug is still alive within me. Uh, believe mm-hmm. you me, um, uh, and I tell you what, if if you were ill tomorrow and someone needed a sub, man, I'm that guy because yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: I, I love it. I mean, I don't know the technology now. I don't know, if I can know how to turn a microphone on, but uh, <laughs> you know, you can teach an old or an you know, old dog new tricks. Yep, <laughs> but. And I'm sure you share that, too, John. Um, yeah, you've had opportunities with NBCC, yeah. uh, Miramichi, and, and in various other endeavors in your life, your own business, and blah, blah, blah. But we have the bug, and it's yeah. there. And you know what? Um, I would make the case with no disrespect to some of, um, you know, people that are on the air right now. I never considered it a job, uh, John. Yeah. Um yeah. I never considered it a career. It just was what I did. It is what you do.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, but so many people now, it's a job. They work, you know, their shift from 6 till 10, and they go yeah. home. And I I never was that guy, and I never wanted to be that guy. Or if I have ever given them another opportunity, don't want to be that guy. Yeah. Um, I Look, at. I take great pride in talking to Miramichi about mm-hmm. Miramichi. Yeah. And if if you threw a microphone in front of me, whether it was uh, folk song festival yep, or yep. I run I run shoulder to shoulder with you and giving you a little break at Napa and Agricultural Show, yep, yep. Um, <clears throat> I, I just I, I love them. <laughs> it's it's a bit of a curse. I, I love a microphone. <laughs> I love an audience. Yep,
2: yeah, yeah.
1: You know what, John? I've got myself into some crazy situations, and you're familiar <laughs> with a lot of them. Um, I'm up at the and agricultural Show. Other than horseshoes in the pit, dinner in the hall, and the, the, the trivial <laughs> announcements, yeah. my skills are exposed. You put a horse in the ring, I'm out. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, but, you know, that sometimes was... you gotta you gotta pony up, pardon the pun, and, and do it. <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly, exactly. That that was me 20 years, 21 years ago. I didn't know, right? You know the difference between a horse and a cow, but there I was with a microphone and uh, right. You know, but how yeah. Many,
1: how many, how many times over the years, John, if you could have a dollar for every time I've heard you say it, that's a good bull. <laughs> I'd be rich. How many times do you think you've said that?
0: Oh, geez. I, I'd have to look at my Excel spreadsheet and do the math. It's yeah, uh, so
1: the, the, the crazy one for me, John, or, or like, again, you give me a microphone, you give me a crowd, I'll make something out of it. But uh, I kind of forget the circumstances other than to say likely illness or emergency or family engagement. I ended up one time getting a call from Miramichi Dragway, not the Speedway, the Dragway. Yes. And they needed a guy. And it was like, we're not asking, we're telling you, we need you. And I said, all right, boys, relax, I'm on my way.
2: Yeah.
1: And I get there, John, and I don't know the culture.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And it is, and credit to yourself, because you can do it. I I don't know the track lingo. I know how to turn on a microphone. Yeah. I know how to entertain a crowd. I know how to say, hey, There's the 50-50s being sold. Stop by and see John and get your ticket. I'm that guy
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: with the best of them. But, John, I'm telling you, it's never sounded – no one has ever said as little and sounded so good as saying nothing that I did that particular day (laughs) to the point where people were looking up going, who in hell is up there right now? Because, you know, where where a Melvin Ripley or a Troy Way or McGraw would say, you know, here comes John in the 64, 454. Yeah. You know they had her all down. I'd say, "Here comes John in a blue car." That was, you, know,
0: you know what I mean? Yeah. No, I I hear you. It's it's and even though you know I do the announcing at Speedway Mirror it it right. is completely different with with the uh, with the dragway because you right. know you're talking car horsepower and it's like. Right, uh, you know, like with the with the stalker racing, you know, they all got to have the same engine. They should have the same engine, right. or they're cheating. You know, that's a, that's the yeah,
1: thing. But, but listen, don't don't, <laughs> don't underestimate yourself, John. You have the lingo down, and you look at you know that market. I I don't think I know that market. That's my problem. You know yeah. what I mean? Well, you know, um, you but, know your audience, and you look at the, may he rest in peace as well. You, I mean, who better than Cyril Hall uh, over the years? Whoever. You know, yeah. just legendary.
0: Yeah, if 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 I didn't spend my years in the stands listening to Cyril Hall, I wouldn't have a clue right. what to say. Wouldn't have a clue. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. But, you know, Patty, like, geez, just look at what, what you've done with the the Chatham Ironman, you know, being there with the, you know, how many times have you been with them that they gone to the, uh, you know, the national championships?
1: 99, 11, 14, and 19. There you go. There you go. Four times. Yeah. So, and here's the thing, John, and no arrogance here, but you know what? I take great pride, as you do, with uh, Speedway or Navin Agricultural Show or whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, And you and I have crossed paths that, uh, oh, John, what's the big fun Canadian Cancer Society Relay for Life. Um, Yes. It's that ability... Look, and I look back at the Nationals and getting a little chills here. And, you know, everyone says, oh, it sounded good. You did a good job. But, uh, okay, great. Good. Thank you. You know, take a compliment when you get a compliment. Yeah. But I have always, and again, don't if anyone's listening in who's in the business or who likes to do a little public speaking, you are the soundtrack to it, and it's got to sound good, and you yeah. got to know what you're talking about. Now, I and look at again, I duffed a few. Nap and agricultural show comes to mind. Mary, she Dragway I just told you that horror story. I can duff them with the best of them, but you know what? You, if you, I don't know what I'm trying to say here. If you're the soundtrack to something like I, I look at the clip the other day. Now, funny you would say Ironman. Um, we're recording this on, on on the day after the two year anniversary of the Ironman winning the last championship in 2019. Mm-hmm. And thanks, thank goodness for iPhones and Androids that, you know, the, the the video of the final play will live on forever, hopefully. Yeah. So I watched the last five, eight, ten, twelve minutes, whatever it was, John, and you can hear it in the background. And Jerry Green's got the music pumping, and I'm hitting the microphone <laughs> with all I got. And it just happens to be him and I. I can appreciate it anyone, um, be it, it being anyone, but... You know, to be the soundtrack of it. And again, look at John, I'll, I'll give it, I'll I'll say it to you because I'm talking to you. Don't, uh, like, you go to the Nap and Agricultural Show and Johnny O'Shea is on the microphone and there's a certain beauty in that and it's, yeah. it's, 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 it's familiar. It's, yeah. It's whatever the word I'm looking for there is. Um, and, you know, you have some of the, you know, some of the great Cyril Hall. We just referenced him, some of the great voices. yeah. And, you know, whoever the gentleman, whoever the John O'Shea is at Petty or over at Geary. Yep. You know, you love to hear them.
3: Yep, absolutely. absolutely. And, and,
1: and you go to school on it, too. You take notes in your yep. mind uh, and go, oh, I'm going to try that one next time. Or I'm going to try and, you know, massage exactly. whatever he or she yeah. did into something you can use.
2: Yep, yeah, for
0: sure, for sure it's uh and, and and i i concur 100 percent it's you know being able to and, and and i don't know what it is i really don't know what it is what what drives us to to do that when other folks probably wouldn't but it's you know there's a need and yeah fortunately we're able to fill that need and and and, yeah. and, and patty I, I do have to say that you know uh you know, and it. This is just being perfectly 100 percent honest here. No, no, sure. no. You know, no bullshit or anything like that. Um, <laughs> <laughs>
1: here we go. This yeah, sounds, this is going to be going to be uh, yeah.
0: profound. Hit me. Well, look at you know, if it wasn't for you, you know, like I mentioned this earlier, if it wasn't for you going to bat for me, going to ends, like you know, you needed the help. Uh, you know, I wouldn't be where you know, I I believe I'm. Probably getting close to my eighth anniversary uh, being on there at at, at the river. Um, mm-hmm. Even though now it's 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 because of my involvement with the college. It's it's likely going to be uh, weekends only uh, mm-hmm. uh, because of the the uh, commitment there. But it's it's you know without your going to bat for me back then, uh, I wouldn't have been able to do this. Uh, you know, and it's it's truly you know it's truly thanks to you for for uh, you know uh taking the courage and taking the chance because you know if, if uh if if i screwed up you know that was on you so
1: <laughs> <laughs> well you didn't let me down
0: <laughs> yeah so you know i
1: appreciate well, look, that well look at look at okay if we're if we're if we're sharing here and i don't know that we've had this conversation in this context before but look I appreciate hearing that. Uh, uh, You know what, John? I knew you had a passion for it. Uh, We Mm -hmm. had crossed paths. And, you know, in those moments of need, I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, who do I know? Um, And and unfortunately, uh, well, I guess fortunate for you and I, unfortunately, there's not a whole lot of opportunities in these radio stations nowadays to get a start, to get a break. Because you know how it is now. Exactly. Um, Computers have taken over the world and simulcasting and blah 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 but yeah no i appreciate hearing that john and i'm happy to uh, hear that from you that means a lot yeah. here uh if i had you know if i had uh some part in uh you know a passion that you share with i and we made it work uh that means a lot to hear that i, I and I, I say that uh, genuinely
2: no i
0: i do appreciate it it's uh you know it, it kind of gave me a, a compass as well to you know it's when I couldn't talk about, you know, a certain artist or whatever it was, it's, it, you know, it would, uh, it made sure to fill in the blanks, you know, like, uh, just a couple of weeks ago, um, uh, they had, a an event up in Blackville for, uh, uh, Amy Jardine, you know, his, uh, right. memorial event. And, uh, gave that a few plugs on the radio, got a nice email from, uh, from, uh, uh Mrs. Jardine. And, uh, it's, yeah. it's, it's just nice to, you know like we like you said it's you make those connections in, in the community and uh mm. you know anywhere else it doesn't matter but here in Miramichi mm. it does matter
1: look it absolutely matters and it always matters and it always should matter and again like I said to you before uh, you know never never give up an opportunity to talk about your community because it again it does matter there's a fundraiser going on it does matter yeah. the map and agricultural show is next week and it does matter that whatever's coming up around the corner uh, and, and i will say this too um uh well, i just kind of lost my train of thought there along that line as you reference uh, amy jardine like uh, there is there's hmm, what am i trying to say here there's so many look at i'll sum it up this way okay. anyone can tell you the latest garth brook tidbit yep Anyone can tell you that, uh, you know, uh, Diamond Rio and Blackhawk are on a reunion tour and playing the casino in Munkin. Anyone can do that. Yep. But only John can do Miramichi the way John does Miramichi. And yeah, it does matter that you give a plug to the Amy Jardine Memorial Show or whatever. Yep. And yes, Mrs. Jardine, appreciate it. Um, I mean, look at uh, look at getting Jason Barry on the air. Holy mm. smokes. Like, you know, just an incredible resource for someone like yourself. Oh, yeah. So passionate oh, yeah. about country music. And yep. Yeah, it's just, look, I, uh, I I never give up an opportunity to pick up a microphone or communicate. But I will say this, and I don't know if you share this. I always hated remotes.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Not, not not the business aspect of the remote. I certainly appreciated the support and the, the revenue and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But I, I am meant, in my own mind, John, I'm meant to be heard and not seen. And mm-hmm. I although the average person, and maybe you share this, maybe you don't. Although the average person would say we should get Quinn and O'Shea to MC this or that, or call Quinn, let's call O'Shea on this one, blah blah blah. Yeah. There is an assumption that you like to do it and it comes easy. And I, I will say this: I do like to do it. Yes. But no MC gig I've ever done ever comes easy.
2: No, no, no.
1: I am I, I am racked with, and I don't use the term anxiety lightly. I am racked with anxiety yeah. um, because i and I'm always nervous. And I guess I guess a performer would call it stage fright. I do yep. share that. Yep. Um, and that has never gone away, John. And I, I, I will say this, too. I, I, I've been doing it since 1999. Susan Butler is all. I know where I am every New Brunswick day. I always say that. Yep. I'm always emceeing her opening show.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: And I'll tell you, John, um, although I don't think anyone knew it in my own brain because we have our own hang-ups, yep. as I get further away from having been on the air, it's getting, it, it gets worse for me. Like I, yeah. it, it, it's, it's not easy. There's a whole rhythm and there's a cadence to it. And you're, yep. you're part of the show as much as you are part of the show. I yep. always say, get out of your, get out of your way and let the performers steal the show, but yep. you're part of it. yep
0: you know? absolutely. Yeah. That's, I mean,
1: I don't want to, I don't want to ever go to a horse hall match and you're not there. You know what I mean? <laughs> you're the, you're the, you're the man and I, I laugh all you want, but the, you know what I mean?
2: Yeah. Yeah,
1: I, it, I I always want to hear Jerry Green do woo after a Timberwolves goal like that's exactly. part of the show.
0: It, yeah, you know? exactly. It's uh yeah it's and and that's and that's the beauty like it's you know whatever the event is when it's a local event, people know the voice right? Right. You know that's it's that connection. It's it's the it, it makes that experience a little bit more uh, familiar.
1: Familiar is a very good word. And look, at, here's the other thing, too. The average person here, I am talking about my own hang-ups about doing public shows, because, again, I don't like to be seen. It's a real hang-up for me, mm. as crazy as that sounds. But the one thing that I, that always gets me going to the next event or on the next stage or behind the next microphone is this, is that, generally speaking, the one thing you and I can contribute to an event is the one thing that 99.9% of the population doesn't want to do.
3: Yes yes
1: so in, in, in that in that context it's kind of incumbent upon us to do it, it, it yep. rarely have you said no rarely have i said no
0: yeah exactly exactly
1: you know you know what i mean
0: yeah and it's yeah it's 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 weird about that i i just don't know what it is it's just weird about that
1: i don't know what it is either john i, I really don't know what it is uh, i'll tell you a really quick one here the uh i say the other day no it wasn't the other day. It was a couple months ago in the throes of covid um Went to the grocery store, and the lady at the service desk, this is a stupid little story, John, but just, I just happened to be pushing my car by, I acknowledged her, and she had the phone in the air, and I heard the beep on the air and the intercom, you know what I mean? Yep. And she goes, here, get over here. And I said, what? And she had <laughs> taken herself off the air, and she has her in-store special. She goes, you want to hit these for me? And I said, absolutely. Give me that number to get me on this air so whatever the code was say it's 117 john i don't know what it was and i heard the beef in my ear and i'm like all right i'm on the air here now <laughs> and you're like good afternoon Sobey shoppers bonus reward air miles see john in the deli with you know pastrami for 29 kg or whatever it was
4: <laughs> yeah. I and, it.
1: and you know what that that's a foolish story but yeah <laughs> i love every minute of it <laughs> yep, give me that phone i want to get on the air
0: <laughs> oh that's awesome yeah how often would that happen really i eh?
1: Yeah, absolutely, and here, here's the other thing too. That in, in, look at, there are people because again, I think we're meant to be heard and not seen, John. That's our lot in life. Yeah. Um How many times have someone come up to you when you're at the Napa Agricultural Show, or you and Tammy are out for dinner, or you're at the, the dragway, or excuse me, the speedway? You know, and how many times have someone said, "You sound like the guy in the radio"? Or, are you with John? <laughs> and bang, there's there's a magic to that. Yeah. I am John. Yeah. Right? Exactly. I'm Patty. Nice to meet you.
2: Yep. Yep.
1: Again, it's that, it's that familiar aspect to it, and you know what? People will laugh and say, you know, um, school announcements and late buses or funeral announcements. I always took great pride in that, especially a funeral announcement, John. Yeah. And it's a very, it's a very machine thing. Yeah. Uh, and I, I, I say this in, in no humor uh, whatsoever, but. I always, and I'm sure you do too. You take great pride in reading that funeral announcement because you're fully conscious yes. that there is a, a mourning family, yes, um, that the community's feeling it. Those that knew the gentleman or lady who passed, like,
2: yeah, yeah,
1: like there's a certain magic in what we do, or what you do, and what I did past then. <clears throat> and and it, it matters. It, it yeah. and I hope it always matters.
2: Yeah, for And sure. you know
1: what? Uh, the these blowing voices in from other markets and other towns, I, I get it. You yeah. have no control over it. I had no control over it, but yeah. it doesn't work for me. Yep. And I used to, you know, every now and again to here, can you do the afternoons in Kentville, Summerside, wherever? And you'd be like, what do I know about Kentville? I've been there five times in my life. You know what I mean?
3: <laughs> exactly. You yeah. know, and you're just it's doing tough.
1: that was, this is coming up. You know, yeah. you, you don't, you don't know anything about the town. You don't know well, the pulse of the town. Yeah. I always carry a notebook, too, John. Uh, if I could loan you one piece of advice, I really? always carry a notebook or a little – not a notebook, like a little steno pad or whatever yeah. you would call it. And if you if you met John and Tammy and you heard, oh, we're out celebrating our anniversary dinner tonight, well, I would take that to the air the next day and say, hey, I ran into John and Tammy and mm. just uh, sound at the restaurant last night. I want to wish them a happy anniversary. They were for a nice dinner last night. And bang. And yeah. if, if no one picks up on it or – if everyone picks up on it, it's just that you did it. it, it, yeah. it that, that stuff always matters too.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. Never thought of that, but you know, I I, I agree with uh, with the effort there. It's you know, you run into somebody and and then you mention it the next day and and different things like that. It's it's yeah, that's that's that local personal touch.
1: Absolutely. Or if I ever, I, I used to do a lot of, it, and I'm sure you have in your day too, John. Or maybe presently, like every now and again, you can get invited to a school, kindergarten, daycare, read a Mm. book to the kids or whatever. Yeah. I always took, I always took a note. Well, uh, Mr. O'Shea had me in and I met, uh, you know, a student president of the Max Aiken Academy, John. Mm. And, you know, again, people love to, I mean, people, people love to hear about their kids. Yeah. And, you know, tie it up. I ended up Santa Claus one time at oh. the old Harkin school and playing that. I got hoodwinked into that, but I ended up on, I thought I was doing just an appearance with the kids. and I ended up uh, about five minutes after I arrived in the worst Santa Claus suit you've ever seen. Ho, ho, owner with all I had.
0: <coughs> I was asked once to be Santa Claus and I turned it down. There's just, I could not, there was nothing in me that oh. I could pull that off.
1: John, I agree. It, it, had I have known I was to be Santa Claus, I wouldn't have shown up. I didn't know. They didn't bother to tell me. And then in that moment, you got 300 kids waiting for Santa Claus? Gosh darn, I'm Santa
0: Claus. I got no choice here. <laughs> oh, geez. I'd be the grumpiest Santa Claus ever. <laughs> hey, kid, what do you yeah. want? Eh? You know, just picture David uh, Letterman.
1: How oh. <laughs> John say <O'Shea> stole Christmas—that's
0: <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Well, Patty, uh, listen—you know we we could definitely—we uh, I think we knocked uh, about two off of the uh, twenty-four hours of Le Mans there, but uh, uh, you know we'll have to do this again. It's—it's—it's uh, it, it's, it's one thing that uh, you know. I, I guess we worked together for a short period of time. Uh, mm-hmm. before you moved on to uh, sun fm but uh, mm-hmm. uh you know uh it's you know it's been great to be able to chat with you uh reminisce about it and we'll have to do it again sometime we'll figure out uh, figure out a reason anyway and and uh and uh we'll have a chat anyway
1: yeah i hope to i appreciate the opportunity it's always good to talk to you uh first and foremost yourself and in this format and uh love what you have on the go so uh, keep her going, and, uh, yeah, anytime you need to fill uh, 45 minutes to three hours, I'm uh, I'm your
0: guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, make sure you check out uh, Patty's and Jerry Green's podcast, The Run. Uh, probably, like we said, episodes probably to return in the fall. Uh, give me an update on the uh, Chatham Ironman. What's going on there?
1: Chatham Ironman um, are playing John. <coughs> Excuse me, so – Camrose Valley Baseball League is in their playoffs right now. Mm-hmm. Chatham uh, was not invited to the playoff postseason. So they are playing a series with the Munken, uh, I got to think of their name, because I haven't been following the league. Uh, no or the Fisher Cats. Fisher Cats, yep. Yeah, the Munken Fisher Cats. So what's going on? They've been accepted back into the senior league for the playoffs. Uh Moncton and Chatham are playing. A, it starts this Saturday, John. Okay and the uh, first game is Sunday here at home, and then St. John and Charlottetown are playing in the other series. The two winners will meet in the final. Now, the interesting wrinkle to all this is if the Ironmen do go all the way and are champions, they don't get to go to the Nationals next year because they didn't play in the league this year. That's kind of a hmm. kind of a little stipulation, the, the, the league forefathers, if that should be the term, uh, put into it. But, yeah. you know, hopefully they make it back to the senior ranks next year. And hopefully the Miramichi Valley Baseball League continues on as healthy as it has been and is presently,
0: yeah, it's uh been following some of the uh, scores and uh, and uh, you know, thanks to your podcast, your uh, discussions with uh, Jerry about how the Ironman went to the Miramichi Valley Baseball League, but yeah, they, they missed the regular season, but they went back to the playoffs, so I knew there was something right. to that, but uh, yeah, thanks yeah, for and, filling and that in. Local,
1: Yeah, and if you're a local baseball enthusiast, it's been a kind of an embarrassment of riches this summer because, uh, let me think in my mind's eye, Thursday's traditionally Ironman night,
4: mm-hmm.
1: um, Wednesday seems to have been Cardinals night, and I believe Tuesday has always been Chatham hit Tigers night, so... Pretty much any given Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday, all summer long, you can catch one of the local teams, and uh, it's been a—it's—and now, unfortunately, things have conspired against me, uh, seeing a lot of the games. A little busier there in my uh, part-time job. Yep. um,
0: (laughs) Your part-time, full-time job.
1: Yeah, your part-time, full-time job. It's been—it's been an embarrassment of riches for uh, local baseball fans. You can pretty much catch a game every night if you ever wanted to.
0: Yeah. Well, there you go. Well, Patty Quinn, thanks a lot, sir, and uh, we'll have to do this again soon.
1: Absolutely, anytime. I like to talk in case you haven't noticed. And uh, I don't know if this is going to be uh, a three-parter or a 4 pattern if you're going to run her all back. Uh, but I look forward to uh, speaking with you again anytime, anywhere.
0: All right, thanks, Patty.
1: Take care, my friend.
0: A big thank you to Patty Quinn for being my guest on episode 11 of the Johnny O Show. Appreciate that very much. And we've got other folks lined up, ready to go, uh, who have worked at 790 CFN or 993 The River on the air in Mirror Machine, New Brunswick. So stay tuned for that. Again, a big thank you to Jason Berry of Berry Tone Studios for the theme music for this podcast. And thanks to Jamie Alexander of the Downriver Music Festival for the Johnny O Show logo. Again, make sure you follow the Facebook page for this podcast, Drive On Media, and share it with your friends. And subscribe to this podcast on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any other major podcasting platform. You can also follow us on our website, driveon.podbean.com. That's driveon.podbean.com. And until next time, I'm John O'Shea. Thanks for listening to The Johnny O Show. A presentation of Drive On Media.